When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the quick turnaround before Thursday's matchup against the Bucks, Jalen Hurts versus Tom Brady, and we'll preview the matchup against Tampa Bay. Chris, what's going on? I feel like we just did a podcast about a couple days ago, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> we did. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's all meshing together, right? Like, this oh is the quick gosh. turnaround week. Yeah. So what's going on? It's not too bad, man. You know, getting set for this matchup, you know, you get to see uh, one of the best players to ever play the game. Uh, I mean, granted, his, uh, the questions about the first three Super Bowls are there, but you can see one of the best quarterbacks ever play, take on this Eagles defense and fight as a young quarterback going against a uh, a tough uh, Buccaneers defense. So it's going to be interesting, man. How are you doing? I'm well, you know, uh, just kind of sitting here um, <laughs> waiting for this one to, to happen. Um yeah, it's interesting because, like, the schedule makers are just brutal on the Eagles right now. Um, this home s- slate to start the season is unenviable at best. Uh, you start off with the 49ers who are uh, reemerging. You, then you play the Chiefs. Then you play the Buccaneers. And then on top of that, you have five road games in the first eight games. So it's like... What was Nick Sirianni supposed to do coming into this gauntlet? Um, Like I said in previous editions, the Carolina game was kind of must win because if they could go one and three or two and two during a four game stretch that included the Chiefs, uh, the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Raiders, they'd be set up well to compete in the second half of the season. And look, this is a game against the Buccaneers that no one expects the Eagles to win. Just no one expects it. Like it just that's what it is. Uh, and that's not great. Um, so I I don't know. And this is a game where I don't know if you can jump to conclusions either way, unless they, well, no, I guess if they win, then you can start saying, well, Hey, they got it together. Right. But, um, I'm intrigued by the, the way this team reacts to a big comeback emotional win, because if they come out and they come out flat in front of a home crowd on primetime football, the narrative again is going to be like, how is this team well coached? And so I think, it, you know, Nick Sirianni is either set up to really succeed here or really bomb here if they come out flat. What's uh, or, or if they come out well or they come out flat? What's your take on like this matchup on paper just from an overarching standpoint? 
for overarching, I, I I look at the season. I'll start with the season and how it gets to now. I look at the season to begin with when the schedule came out as almost like the college basketball slate, where you have all the tough games to begin early on to try to improve your rankings and and for a team to go through and experience what tough competition is like, so that when it comes to the back end of the half, they're prepared, they know what to expect, and that they can be in in a better position to win those games. And I look at that, and that's why I think the Buccaneers sit at right now. Buccaneers, you know, they, they have a lot of names on that on that roster that you recognize and they have good careers. I mean, you start with Brady, then you go to Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards and, and even Chris Godwin. You know, he's, he's emerging as well too in that offense. And I think when you look at a lot of these players there, I think it's going to give the Eagles defense, especially these young guys, a, a good up-close look at what it takes to be successful. And are they, could they come out flat? Yeah, I could see that. It's. I think it's more of a level. It's, it's to the point where, I think. I think they'll. I'll put it, put it this way. I think they'll be competitive in this game. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're, we'll get to that later. But I think they'll be more competitive than a lot of people are believe they will be, and I think that will suit them well for the rest of this season. Yeah, I mean, look, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the Bucks are a weird matchup because it's not like they've won. They're three and or, or four and one, excuse me, but they haven't really looked particularly dominant on any side uh, of the ball. I mean, like they have, like, don't get me wrong. They've put up points. They've had good defensive performances, but a lot of these games have been close. It's not like they've like run amok on these teams. Like if you look at their schedule, it's they're winning. I mean, the only blowout they really have is against Atlanta, who the Eagles blew out as well, by the way. So it's not like they're not being played tough or there's not competitive games. They beat the, the Cowboys 31 to 29. Obviously, the Cowboys, we know, are the toast of the NFC East right now. Uh, then they beat the Falcons, who seemingly everybody but the Giants can beat uh, 48 to 25. <laughs> then they lost by 10 points to the Rams on the road. They beat. The Patriots in comeback fashion on the road, 19 to 17. And then, well, I guess you could say they blew out the Dolphins, but the Dolphins were obviously without their starting quarterback uh, to a Taco Bailoa. Um, and frankly, that was like, I mean, like what I mean is, is they're not getting blown out in games against teams that are somewhat formidable. Um, the Patriots have had like a weird looking schedule, but they're not completely, you know, uh, done. The Rams obviously beat them with a deep speed attack, which could help the Eagles. If, if, if the Eagles feel like they can win on speed against guys like Richard Sherman and some other fill-in back uh, backup cornerbacks, maybe this turns into a shootout. I just don't know if the Eagles are equipped to cover the likes of Antonio Brown and, and Rob Gronkowski, if he's available. Um, you know, Mike Evans is a tough matchup. Chris Godwin's a tough matchup. Oh, and by the way, Tom Brady's throwing the ball. So it's, to me, this is a game that I don't know how they win. And if they do, uh, wow. Um, I mean, let's get into, uh, if you're hearing my tummy grumbling, I haven't eaten yet today. Um, uh, let's get into, let's get into the Brady versus hurts matchup in that obviously like last week they're not going up against each other but the way to win the game is by having one quarterback outplay the other in my opinion um that's how I saw it with Sam Darnold and Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts inevitably after a very rough start 
played better than Sam Darnold, who threw three picks. So they won. Um, here, it's going to have to be a collective effort. And I don't know if they trust the running backs enough to give them the ball and make and open up this offense and take pressure off of Jalen Hurts. We've seen him struggle um, in primetime games. And so I... I, I'm just very curious as to how he's going to handle it. What's your take on what Jalen Hurts has to do to win this ball game? Pretty much, I think he's going to have to be the running off. He's going to have to be the running off, rushing offense for the Eagles at this point. I think the I think the Eagles are catching a break. You know, with Levante David not well, potentially most likely not playing in this game. And I looked at him as a guy who was capable of containing him and keeping him inside the pocket or at least trying to be a potential spy and and follow him around. And since you don't have him on there, I think Hurts can, with his speed and his ability to run, I think that will definitely be an asset for the Eagles especially too. Uh, now, I think that in order for him to do that, I think that Nick Sirianni has to call a couple of run plays early on even – even if it's not successful, even if it's like two or three yards a pop, at least give that option that hey, that that impression that hey, we're going to run it up the middle, we're going to run test it, run it here or there, so that when he does run the zone reads or he does run the rollouts or or, or bootlegs, what have you, it actually looks believable and it forces the linebackers and safeties to come up and and to and allows hurts to go around and passing wise. It's going to be one of those things where he's going to have to be accurate, especially if they drop back into a zone. Because, like you said, there are there's speed opportunities there, but also I think as the Eagles could potentially do well on the crossing routes, especially with some of these other guys, and they play a lot of zone. That deep crossing route, I can see Ertz going across the middle, like a like a twelve to eighteen climbing across like an arc route, or I think he could do well on that one as well too. I think you can see. If Quez Watkins lines up in a slot or whoever they want to move guys around, like are you Rager or you put Devonta Smith, I think they can have some success in there. But it's going to be a matter of Hurts putting the ball on them in a good position in between the defenders and and recognizing who the open guy is quickly on there to, for them to have success. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Tom Brady came out and praised Javon Hargrave and and Fletcher Cox and, and other guys on the defensive front. And, you know, he had that interview. What What's the name uh, of the barbershop show on HBO? He basically said on there, um, 90% of the stuff that he says is not what he's thinking. He'll come out and praise a corner and say, I'm going to go at that MFR all day. Um, so maybe he feels like the defensive line's not up to up to par. I mean, look, the, the Chiefs uh, makeshift line did pretty well against them. Um They've had opportunities, you know, other opposing teams have had opportunities to throw the ball and not really get touched. And I, I think, look, if Brady feels like he's comfortable against this defensive front, that's a very big problem because that's supposed to be the strength of this team. Um, I just don't like I, I asked this question to Jonathan Gannon. And I said, look, before you've, you've said that you guys aren't a dime defense, but when they can spread you five wide, like how do you avoid putting in, you know, as many DBs as possible? And he basically just said, you know, you've got to just be smart with your matchups. Like to me, I'd rather have uh, Josiah Scott versus Scotty Miller than a, than Alex Singleton or, um, you know, a safety. Uh, but that's just me. I, I don't know. What, what's your take on the matchup for Tom Brady in this one? 
I think if you, if they go with five wide, I think that that's what. Well, I think doesn't matter overall. The onus is going to be on that defensive line to get pressure because if the if they, the Bucks do go five wide, you know it's going to have to most likely be a short route and a time and it's going to be out of his hands quickly. So when if they did that, I don't think you have to worry about guys going over the top. And you hope at least anyway that 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 a defensive line would get at least get there or put enough pressure so that way he has to get ball, rid of the ball early. I'm not I'm not so much worried about the five wide. I'm worried about just the, when they go three wide. Because look at looking up, I think sharp sharp football statistics is in a, Warren Sharp does a, has his website. And looking up the as much as eleven personnel, meaning one one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers that the Bucks use. They they use it eight times they use it their eighth tie for the eighth most times using that type of personnel set. And when I look at that going against this Eagles defense, I, it worries me because the Eagles actually haven't seen that much type of personnel. And I think they're like next to last when it comes to that because the team's been has so much success running the ball. But now, but when teams have been successful, basically when they faced it, teams have been successful, had a successful play 54% of the time, which is very alarming, especially when they spread, spread them out that wide. And when you have guys with the talents of Mike Evans, when you guys have guys like Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, especially in the middle, that's very, very concerning. I mean, the Eagles may not have rock, faced Robert Gronkowski, which will only help them out a little bit, I think. But I, I don't know how you defend that. I think, it's, if anything, you can't really blitz Brady because – he basically is going to be able to diagnose and recognize stuff beforehand. So you want to make sure you don't want to take as many guys away from coverage. But it, it, I don't know if I think it's going to be one of the things that you have to rely on for. You have to hope Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave continue to have the days where they continue to push the pocket up the middle and just try to get the ball out the hand. And also, I would say it's important to get as many hits as you can on Brady, especially with that injured right hand, right hand, his throwing hands. It, He's is Bruce. He says he's going to be ready about a day or two, but it, you know it's going to be. It has to be lingering around. And the more hits you get on him, and the more you potentially hit that hand, he'll feel it, and it could affect his throwing thing. So this is a day where you're going to need Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and Derek Barnett. The four of them are going to have to have a big game if they want to have a shot. Yeah, I, I mean. Well- I do think Derek Barnett played very well uh, against the Panthers. Sweat starting to kind of catch on. Um, look, and obviously Hargrave has been the straw that stirs the drink in the defensive line. If Fletcher Cox and th- them use more stunts and and uh, getting Brady's, I mean, look, if you can hit Tom Brady, you can beat Tom Brady. Like that's kind of what the old adage has been. And I just. I don't know if this defensive line's been up to snuff when it comes to consistent pressure. And so that would be my concern going up against this Bucks offensive line, which is very, very good. Um, and look, again, I don't know if the Eagles can win a shootout. I really don't. I, I just – I don't have a lot of faith in that. Um, so I guess – you know, this is going to be a shorter podcast because we've got a quicker turnaround. What's your score prediction for this game? And give me kind of your final thoughts on if the Eagles do this, they'll win this game. I think if the Eagles, for me, if the Eagles convert better on third downs, instead of finishing, was it 25? At one point in the Panthers game, they were at 25% of the third down completion. Com- percentage completions if they can sustain drives and complete the third downs they'll have a better shot at keeping the ball 
out of Brady's hands and keep it game close. I think it's tough for a team to come back uh, to travel on the road like the Bucks will have to do and come up to Philadelphia on two days, basically two days of practice and then come up to Philly. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. I think it could be something like 30 to 24. I think they'll, they'll, the Eagles will make it interesting, but I think the Bucks will win in the long run. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm trying to think how they could win. Um, they need a vintage performance from Zach Ertz in this game. Um, Dallas Goddard is on the COVID reserve list. There is a chance that he could play if he gets two uh, negative tests within 24 hours. We'll know that by Thursday morning. Um, look, I, <laughs> this isn't. This is going to be a really tough challenge. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers historically seem to play the Eagles really well in Philadelphia. You remember that five touchdown game uh, by Jameis Winston? Uh, against the Mark Sanchez Eagles. Um, I believe that was in 2000, what, 2016. So there's always like very tight matchups or blowouts in the, in this series of, of games. And I know that doesn't really help. That's kind of like everywhere. Um, I just, I guess that's what happens when you drink a lot of coffee and you don't eat, but uh, <laughs> my wife's going to yell at me, but um I think they need a vintage performance from Zach Ertz, and I think they need Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Rager to live up to to not only their draft pedigree, but their overall talk. This team, what's interesting about this team is that it's a young team, and typically when young teams struggle early on, you can see the kind of the wheels fall off. That didn't happen against Carolina. They had played three bad games and three bad quarters of play. And they were able to somehow kind of turn this thing around. Um, I've got an article coming out on Thursday morning about it. It just kind of seems they've really bought into this coaching staff. You can argue how poorly some of these games have been called on offense and defense, because they have been, by the way. But it does kind of seem like their core principle of connecting is kind of working. It seems like Jalen Hurts has guys believing in him. He's believing in other guys. You'll notice Jalen Hurts constantly goes back to the guys that makes mistakes, so that make mistakes so that he can show that he still trusts them. It's just like an overarching, like, feel-good situation within the Novacare complex right now coming off that win. I just wonder how they're going to react to potentially being torched by the Buccaneers. Because after this, they have two very winnable games against the Las Vegas Raiders who are dealing with the fallout of John Gruden resigning and the Detroit Lions who haven't beat anyone and whose coach is crying after press conferences because he's so frustrated. So, (laughs) I mean, look, realistically, they could lose this game and still end the quote-unquote first half of the season 8-8. and I mean, that, that, you know, or sorry, not even eight, four and four. Um, to me, that would be a huge win for this team. They won four games all of last year. So, um, well, I know a lot of people have jumped off the Sirianni bandwagon or they've poked and prodded at Jonathan Gannon. These next three games will show you kind of what, where this team's at ahead of the trade deadline. By the way, after that Detroit de- game, the, I believe the trade deadline's on November 2nd. So, you know, if this team you know, loses to the Bucks and then bottoms out against both the Raiders and the Lions, they'll know that this is not a, t- a winnable team and they'll maybe start casting off veteran players. That said, if they lose to the Bucks or maybe pull off a win and then they win their next two, then you're looking at five and three, four and four, and you're saying, well, you know, if you're the front office, you're saying, well, what do we have to add here? 
I wouldn't trade for anybody. I would let them go as is. But we also know Howie Roseman loves to push that trade button when he gets the opportunity. And so I think it's a weird situation for fans to be in as I go on this diatribe. But like if you're a fan who's like all about development and everything, them winning is like a weird you know, byproduct of them developing. So like if they're developing, well, maybe Howie Roseman wants to contend uh, and add one more piece. If they're struggling, then maybe he just wants to ship off, ship off uh, some veteran talent, get more picks. They already have 10, including three potential first round picks. But hey, you can never have enough picks, I guess. Um they're kind of in one step. They're in one foot in the door of a rebuild. We've said this kind of since the summer. They're one foot uh, in the rebuild door and another foot in the contender door because the NFC East is so bad. Because their road schedule is advantageous. They've started off two and one on the road already, um, and they have two winnable games on the slate coming up after this week. Plus, they have a mini buy this uh, after the Thursday night game. So, yeah. I mean, I guess my final thoughts are, are overarching. I mean, we both think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. Um, I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think, um, but I do still think the Bucs will win. What's your take on that, Chris? I didn't hear that last part. Sorry. Oh, sorry. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this will be closer than than uh, a lot of folks think. I think this is maybe like a five or six point game. Um, I believe Vegas had it at seven and a half. Um are you with me on that one and that maybe the Eagles surprise a little bit by contending with this team, not necessarily winning? Yeah, I think there is going to be a close game. Yeah, it's 30 to 23, 33, 23 bucks. It's going to be it's going to be somewhere at 20, 24 bucks. I think it's going to be in that range. All right. Yeah, I like that. So, guys, make sure you subscribe to Eagles Extra by going to NJ.com slash text. Remember, Chris and I are going to be doing a Q&A on Thursday at one point before the game to just get primed for that that. Uh, primetime matchup. Maybe we'll do it right before the game just to kind of kill some time. Um, and then on top of that, make sure to subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, we love your feedback. So for Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you after Thursday night's primetime matchup against the Buccaneers. Toodles.